Will it be chips or jacket spuds? Will it be salad or frozen peas? Will it be mushrooms, fried onion rings? We'll have to wait and see. I hope it's chips, it's chips. We hope it's chips, it's chips. everyone we're back again hi press uh, another week another interview uh this week we are speaking to worcester city chairman steve good but before we get into that i'm going to be joined by my good friend and co-host cal how are you doing or carl as i should say how are you doing oh gosh i think we need to mention that briefly so uh, we have the uh, pleasure <laughs> of going on leicester fan tv uh, live on youtube to give our uh, Premier League predictions for last week and great, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it, was, it was a top class thing and we, we'll definitely be doing it again. But they kept calling me Carl and my name Carl. is Carl, as we all know. So um, <laughs> whether there's going to have to be a change in my name by deed poll because of this, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, that Carl thing has definitely stuck a bit, hasn't it? Carl Hayward. Yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm still Cal. Still going good. Um, got, still got back at 4.30am um, this morning from a night out and um, nice. was up at half seven now, a few I, short I hours you, afterwards. I know you were at an escape room. Did you mm. escape the room at, at half four in the morning? Is that when no, you No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, that would have been atrocious time considering we started about eight o'clock. Um, yeah. No, no, we, we've done two escape rooms now. Um, escaped both of them, um, uh, but it just uh, unfortunately the the uh, temptations of Birmingham and the surrounding areas were Ooh. a little bit too much for us, which meant that it was a very late late, or you could say mm-hmm. early morning ruler. Um, so I'm I'm struggling today. I'm I'm very tired. Um, yeah, but you know the, the press and all that. Well, I'm uh, not sure. I want to know what you were doing? I was. Uh, I got to bed around uh, six o'clock. I would say uh, watching the the boxing, the old yes. Queensbury rules. Mm. Fury, uh, sorry if this is a spoiler, but you should have watched it by now. Fury, Downing, Wilder there for the uh, second time officially. Uh, very yeah. good, very good fight. So both um, had light nights, is what we're trying to say. Yes, and don't we sound morning. so good and professional. I, I, I think uh, we've maintained our professionalism to a T. Yes, if anyone, I mean, if we had to said, I don't think anyone would have noticed, to be honest. So, yeah. um, our fault for bringing it up. So Absolutely. Um, so enough about anyway. us. Um, <laughs> as, as good as it is to talk about us and our sleeping patterns. Yes. Um, yep. Let's move into this, uh, a, another great episode this week, Rob. Uh, Steve Good, as you <laughs> it's mentioned. It's another great one. It's another great episode. Um, we don't, we don't, we don't <laughs> never have a not good episode on the High Press podcast. Um, Steve Good, Worcester <laughs> City chairman. Obviously, we've had a few lads on from Worcester now. Uh, Craig Jones, uh, obviously previously Joe Hawkins, our first ever guest, um, and we've had Dimitri Brown on, of course, as well. Um, so another one in the in the Worcester family. Uh, great to talk to a chairman. Uh, obviously, yeah, yeah. All the, the things that happen there. Uh, Steve will talk about. Um, sort of the the, uh, the responsibilities that he has as a chairman, um, his love for yeah. chips and, and a certain chance chips. that has been made by uh, <laughs> some of the some of the team at Worcester with his with his love for chips, um, and just about how his uh, his love for Worcester City started. Uh, Rob, what mm. else can our listeners expect for this week? Well, you can you can really hear how he's a really is a big Worcester City fan at heart as well. And mm. it's, it's refreshing to hear um, a chairman that you know, really loves his club. Um, 
I, I talked about Moneyball, the film, if anyone's seen yes. that. Uh, we, we went in talking about picking managers, uh, moving grounds, uh, mm. the the fall and future of Worcester City. And I think it's got a bit of a bright future going on. So we're all yeah, very absolutely. excited to see, see what happens in the future for them. Yeah, 110%. So, um, yeah, let's get straight into this episode, uh, introducing Worcester City Chairman, uh, Mr. Steve Good. Uh, Steve, an absolute pleasure to welcome um, you on the High Press podcast. Um, you are the chairman of Worcester City, uh, which is a great, great honour to have you on. Uh, first of all, how are you doing? Yeah, really good, thank you. Yeah, really good. As I said before, I'm, um, I'm a bit disappointed about the result yesterday. But, Absolutely. Uh, our game, yeah, our game yesterday was more, it wasn't really about football, it was about memories yesterday as we had our yes. memorial game. Mm. Yeah, very, very fitting, I must admit. The, what, what Steve is referring to is uh, Worcester played Tividale yesterday, and that was on the uh, 9th of, of October, and um, there was a, a memorial game whereby we uh, remembered the people who lost their lives, both of Worcester and of Tividale, uh, and a really fitting fitting tribute, and uh, all respects to, you know, paid to them, and a fantastic uh, idea from, from Worcester City, so absolutely fantastic that that was, uh, was organised, so top-notch from you guys. Um but yeah, moving on to the podcast, Steve, it's like I said, it's a pleasure to have you on. I've uh, been speaking to you over the last year or so at the Worcester Games and uh, I thought, what better guest to have on than a chairman of a football club? So mm. myself and Rob are incredibly excited for, for the next hour or so and what's yeah. to come. Um, but before we get into all the details, we'll get on to our quick fire round. So um, we've renamed this Starting 11 now. So it's 11 questions that we start the podcast with that we're just going to throw uh, 11 quick fire questions at you, Steve, and then just come up with the first answer that comes into your head and we'll take it from there. Rob, do you want to kick us off, mate? Yes, yes. Uh, Steve, what is your favourite film? Uh, most probably Notting Hill. Okay. Good film. Yeah. Good film. Uh, yeah. Question two, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, I didn't, actually. I was. Um, I actually had a lion this morning. So, uh, <laughs> but, but, but to be honest, uh, I did have a bit of toast. I will say that. Oh, yeah. Okay. The most important meal of the day, apparently, but then other people suggest it's not. That's what we <laughs> debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your favourite hobby that isn't football? Um, hobby that's not football. <laughs> Everything's football. Um, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, basically, it's everything. Um, I'll say gardening, which, if right, the yeah. wife heard that, she would laugh her at all. <laughs> I'll go with gardening. <laughs> I have to be in the mood. I have to be in the mood. It's mm. a brave answer, Steve. <laughs> uh, question four um, What would your name be if you were a wrestler? Big Daddy, most probably. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Wow, that's, that's a throw, but that is. Who is your favourite artist or band? Um, well, it used to be Jilted John back in the day, who was my okay. hero. But I used to like things like the Buzzcocks, uh, mm, Sex yeah, Pistols. Yeah. I was into wow. that sort of music years ago. Nowadays, it's more smooth radio so it's a bit of the, <laughs> wow. that, that, so going, that sort of going, music going from punk to smooth radio i mean that's a yeah, bit of a come a, down it's a big change. <laughs> wow, okay <laughs> uh, question six uh, you are stranded on a desert island which two items are you taking with you um a barbecue most probably 
Good. Um, Good. Nice, yeah. nice. And maybe uh, some sort of big umbrella. Yes. Wise. We, we've had a variety yeah. of answers on the podcast, haven't we, Rob, with regards to this question? Some go down the route yeah, of, yeah. you know, sort of death is inevitable and want to go out on a high. Others are saying that, you know, <laughs> they're trying to be a bit more conservative with their with yeah. their items. And I feel that's a mix of both. Yeah, definitely. Something <laughs> I definitely wouldn't take would be a mobile phone. <laughs> Why is that oh. out of interest? Because it goes off every two minutes being the chairman of a football club. <laughs> okay, that's true. Just take the SIM card out, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you subscribe to the theory that a cup of tea cools you down? Um, I don't because I actually don't drink warm drinks. The only okay. warm drink I'll have is hot chocolate. Nice. Steve, I'm fully on board with you there. I don't that's really the like only coffee. warm drink. Yeah, no. I don't really like coffee. Tea I'll have maybe two or three times a year, if I'm being honest. Hot oh. chocolates yeah. are the one for me, 100%. Uh, question eight. Uh, what is your favourite football stadium? Uh, favourite? Well, I'll have to say Clains Lane, won't I, technically, <laughs> but but I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, I would go with... Mostly the Baggies. I used to be a Baggies fan okay. back when I was 17, 18, so I have got a soft spot for West Brom. Oh, brilliant. That's always nice to hear as a fellow Albion supporter. So, appreciate that answer. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I'll stay out of that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, <just> like... <laughs> yeah. uh, where's the worst place you could get stuck? And do not say Villa Park. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. Worst place you can ever get stuck. Oof. Well, I guess the M25 for a lot of people, but I will go with worst place you ever get stuck. It could go a variety of ways, that could. Yeah, it could. Yeah, I'm it could. Mm. Mostly something like the Channel Tunnel, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. I'm scared yeah. of being underground, so I wouldn't want to be there too long. No, oh, yeah, okay. that, that's very true. That is very true. Uh, question 10. What would the name of your autobiography be? Um, Good question. Yeah. Uh, for name what I'm going to say. It's almost like a caption to summarise your life, isn't it? It's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's got. It has to mention chips. <laughs> so, chip. <laughs> so maybe um, <laughs> chips. Yeah, it has to mention chips because I actually love chips, and actually the Worcester <laughs> players actually made a song up about me about chips. So um, <laughs> let me think. We're going to need to hear um, this song at some point. Yeah, well, if you want, I'll actually sing it to you before we finish. I've actually got it wrote down on the table just in case Ooh. that was brought up. Oh, please um, do. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll end on this. We'll end on that <laughs> yeah. particular song, yeah. I think. You can end on the chip show. Um, <laughs> all for biography. Uh, that's really hard, that is, because um, I really don't know. Um, it'd be something like... Keep the faith. That's our saying at Worcester yeah. now. Yeah. Keep the faith and keep the blue and white in your blood. Something like that, say. Yeah. It's a bit crap, really, but there you go. No, that's good. It's not crap at all. Not crap and right at, all. at the yeah. end, chips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep, keep the faith in chips, maybe. Um... Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> keep, keep, keep the faith in salt and vinegar, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, question 11 is the last question for you. Uh, controversial one. Um, mm. Cal, Cal loves this question. I really um, do. 
he loves it, doesn't he? What ca- uh, colour cap of milk do you use? What's, what's your uh, go-to? Well, the wife has green. Yeah, mm. acceptable. But Good. Yeah, but I don't really drink milk apart from milkshakes. So I'm not really a milk drinker. I just I'm the love milkshakes. I, I don't drink... can't beat it. Yeah, I, I don't drink milk at all. I'll have it on my cereal. Um, but apart from that, I'll, I'll never drink a, a glass of milk. No, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't drink it at all. Yeah. I'm a, but, I'm a... but green, I'm, I'm really speaking from the white green. Green. Okay. Yeah, mm. I, green's in the middle, isn't it? So I don't think anyone can complain of green, really. Okay. I always right. come, I always feel like I come across the opposite side. You know, when we ask these questions, because the first, first series we did, it was... Pep, what was it uh, Pepsi, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. And yeah. I was Pepsi. And I, everybody says I don't like milk. I, I'd love milk. I'll just drink it. <laughs> <I'll do> it. <laughs> I'm always the opposite of me. So. Season three, Rob, we'll get in a question that you want as the last question. All right. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That might not be so good. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> yeah, we'll right see. then. We'll move on to the high press quiz. Now, um, for those new listeners that are with us today, I'll briefly explain what the high press quiz is. So I'm going to ask our guest today, Steve, to choose a colour between blue, green, yellow and red. And depending on the colour that Steve chooses will depend on the category of questions that both Rob and Steve will answer. Um, so Steve, will ask you your five questions first and then yourself, Rob. Um, but Steve, the question is, which colour would you like to choose from blue, green, yellow and red? Well, there's only one colour, and that's blue, there is. isn't it? <laughs> I've already got it ready, Steve. I already got it ready. <laughs> right. Should have gone for yellow, the away kit. <laughs> <laughs> good shout, good shout. We don't have yellow very often, actually. Um, well, the category that you've chosen is general knowledge. Are you happy with that? I'm pretty useless, but yeah, we'll have a go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a go. We'll oh, give you God. the best help that we possibly can. Yeah. Right, question one. In what year was Bobby Charlton knighted? Oh, it's a tough start. Let's go with say 96. You're not far away, it's 94. 94. That's a good for two years. Yeah, we'll give you that. We'll give you that. We'll give you that. (laughs) Uh, Question two, a bit easier, maybe. Uh, Which football manager is known as Big Sam? Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce, correct. There we go. One out of two. Uh, question three: Which two Italian Serie A football teams play in the city of Turin? Uh, Turin. Rather, Turin. Turin. Um, Turin. Turin. I don't know. I don't know. Unless it's Inter Milan and Ace, but it wouldn't be Inter Milan and AC Milan. I'm sure because they're playing Milan, wouldn't they? Yeah, that, um, it's not it's not one of the Milan ones. Have, have a pop at any Italian team you think of, and we'll see if we can get it that way. Well, it's not Juventus. Um, Sampdoria, I know them. I don't really know a lot of foreign sides, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to pass. I really don't know. That's absolutely fine. It was Juventus and Torino. Oh, right. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Always the way. Always the way. <laughs> Um, question four. Good question. This: How many hammers are there on the West Ham United badge? Oh, there'd be two. Two. Yeah, that's the correct answer. Yeah. Yeah, two, two. Um, and then your final question, Steve: uh, What is the name of Watford's home stadium? Vicarage Road. 
Correct. There we go. Mm. If I'm right thinking, that was three and a half out of five. We're giving that, I think. Three and a half. I, yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's very that's good, very Steve. Good, that's up there very good. with one yeah. of the best ones we've had. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> You've got to be happy with that. Got I to am be. really happy. <laughs> I'd have been happy right. with one. <laughs> <laughs> right, Rob, moving on to your questions. Okay. Uh, question yeah. one. What was the name of Manchester City's home stadium before they moved to the Etihad? Freaking hell. Uh, I bet Steve will know this. Don't say it, though, I know Steve. This. I know it. Oh dear. No, pass. I don't. I don't know. Can't get uh, it. Main Road is the correct Main answer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Question two: Which two clubs play in the M1 derby? Uh, is it is it Palace and Brighton? Incorrect. It's actually Luton and Watford. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Tough one there. That tough I one. don't. I don't know my motorways to be honest. I don't know where <laughs> those. Yeah. Uh, question three: Who once said football is a simple game? Twenty-two men chase a ball for ninety minutes, and at the end, the Germans will always win. Who said that statement? Uh, is this more like Gary Lineker? Correct, yeah. Bang oh, on, Gary it. Lineker. Okay. Well done. Uh, question four. Uh, yeah. Which club did Andrea Perla retire at in 2017? Uh, uh, LA Galaxy? Incorrect. New York oh, City. Oh, it was New York. Yeah, it was one yeah, of them. New York City. Yeah. Um, and then your final question, Rob, is uh, the card. Um, Steve, this is quite... Uh, probably you know this, actually. The fine for a yellow card is the same for Sunday league players as it is for Premier League players. True hmm. or false? Uh, I'm going to say it's True. Correct. The fine is yeah. roughly £10 for a yellow card across all tiers of English football. Yeah. There you That's go. That's right. Because it, it, it all just goes to basically the FA, doesn't it, at the end of the day? And it's, yeah. I guess it's one centralised sort of fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'd imagine so. I'd imagine so. Um, mm. Steve is going to take the win because he requested the half a point right at the start. Uh, so we're going mm. to give Steve the win by half a point. Yes. <laughs> Or we can call it a draw for you, Rob, behind the scenes, if you'd like. If that makes didn't you feel I, better. Didn't didn't I get two? You got three. You got three, I think. I got three. I think no, you got three. I got two. I think Gary I got Lineker. Two. Um, yeah. and, the and fine. then you got the and fine. And there was another one. Perlo, I got wrong. Lineker, I got wrong. And no, you, got, you got Lineker right. Oh, you got Lineker right. Oh, three then. Yeah, you got three. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, three and a half. That's fine. Happy with that. Those are both <laughs> good yeah, scores, okay. to be fair. Both really yeah. good scores. Um, so, Steve, we're going to move into the questions that we've got for yourself now. Uh, and we're going to go right back to the beginning, if that's all right. So um, yeah, tell yeah. us about one particular moment in your life um, or maybe a season of your life whereby you fell in love with football. Well, let's go back to the 70s. Uh, my late dad was chairman back in the mid-70s till he passed away in '81. The standard of football in those days was unbelievable. I mean, we had quality players. Uh, the likes of Barry Williams, who I don't think I'll ever see another Barry Williams ever in non-league football. Johnny Barton, 
you must really know or have heard of John, who went on to play for Everton. Then he went to Derby, involved with Kidderminster, etc. Mm. Um, it was just it was just unbelievable football. We used to have gates of two and a half thousand every week. Um, the best thing of all was Monday night football. Um, we basically were the only team that played on a Monday night uh, under the floodlights. And I was talking to Steve Ferguson, who was again one of our greats yesterday, about Monday night football, about the the, the feeling if you arrived at the ground. And there was only 500 people there. It felt like there was 5,000, you know, the, the mm. atmosphere you had. And I think um, the highlight for most players that played at Worcester was the walk-off at the end through the cage. Yes. They used to have a cage as you left the pitch. And, I've been um, told about this. Yeah. And um, if, like, you had a good game, being a Worcester player, they they clap you off. If you had a bad game, you, you knew about it. <laughs> um, and players who got sent off I remember one famous name getting sent off playing for Barn it was Jim, Jimmy Greaves who we mm, just lost yeah. sadly and I remember him being sent off and the abuse he got from Worcester people as well <laughs> second to none it was mostly <laughs> it was mostly the worst place you could get sent off in football was at St George's Lane wow but yeah it was just great memories in those days you know and hopefully one day they'll come back but you know if mm. we We've like still got a long way to go to get back to those days. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, so talk to Steve about what Worcester City means to you. Um, how long have you supported them? And just, just anything else that, that comes to you about Worcester? Yeah, well, I've followed them for over 50 years now. Uh, I started following when I was about six years of age. I'm now 58. Um, it's, just, it's just something that gets in your blood. The friendship you get from non-league football is an important thing. I've made loads of friends over the years. Um, and that includes people from visiting teams. You know, you get to chat to people at match days. And I will give a shout out to Vauxhall Motors fans. <laughs> They're mostly the most educational non-league fans in non-league football, in my opinion. They're all proper wow. football fans. Mm. A lot of them are Liverpool fans who basically can't afford to watch Liverpool mm. and they all watch Vauxhall Motors. I mean, they only get gates of two or 300, if that. But everybody there understands what football is all about. And I think that's mm. the important thing. Non-league yeah. is a place where you can go along and make friends for life, um, yeah, which yeah. I think is brilliant. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've got loads of memories about different things that's gone on. Some things I can't mention because I must be get arrested for them. Um, <laughs> Uh, other things I can, which I'll, I'll mention later, a couple of little stories at the end. But yeah, no, it's it's just it's a massive part of my life. It's a big part of my family's life. Uh, my like wife backs me one hundred percent. I've got mm. two boys. My youngest runs our supporters team. Um, my eldest does a lot at the ground. He does a lot. He's done social media for the club in the past. Um, and I lost my mum a few years ago. And the one thing she said to me before she passed was whatever you do, do not become chairman of Worcester City Football Club. And I said, no, I, I said, Mom, I wouldn't do that. And to be fair, she passed a few months and I was chairman of the football club. So. But, it, <laughs> but it's, I, I think it's the same with everybody in football. If, if you've got a love for something, you just have to go with your instinct. And as I say, mm. I've made many a good friend watching Worcester City Football Club. Well, that's a great answer. It really is. Nice. Yeah. Um, you, you alluded um, in, in your previous answer, Steve, about um, 
let, let's say the fall of Worcester City. So, and and, and that for for you um, as, as a supporter of the football club for many years, and obviously other supporters as well from from your generation, um, it must have been very difficult and hurt you quite deeply. Talk to us about that particular season and how it and why it happened. And can you recall what your emotions were like at the time? Well, yeah, basically the last game where we played Chester, we had a gate of about four thousand. And there was wow. people leave, wow. leaving the ground thinking that we'd be playing at St. George's Lane the following year. Mm. There was other people leaving the ground in tears. I mean, I had a tear in my eye because it, it's it's my life. And when like somebody takes something away, which which could have been avoided, in my opinion, it it, it hurts a lot. Um the 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 major story about it was we um the year 2000, we were actually we had money in the bank. Um, from the year 2000 to 2010, I believe, we were in debt by one and a half million pounds, which wow. was just stupid spending. Um, we were basically spending out of our means. Um, we had a few offers for the ground, I believe. Um, I won't go into details because, as I say, it's things I can't really mention, but sure. um, we ended up taking an offer, which everybody presumed would be ideal for a new move and all this. And, you know, we had a, we had a chance going back years where B and Q wanted to build a ground just on the outskirts of Worcester. Um, and that would have been a complete free stadium for Worcester. Wouldn't have cost us a penny. Unfortunately, that was thrown out because the council didn't want it. Uh, then mm. we had another ground we were going to, again, the council stopped that. Every time we've gone to move somewhere, the council's got involved and it's been blocked. And we've just been fighting for years. Luckily, we've got a real good trust that fought. There was a great lot of people involved in that that fought for the club. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's just sad how we went. But um, going back to the last season, <laughs> yeah, it, it was one of those where you started the season off hoping we'd get sorted. But as the season went on, I sort of knew deep down that the ground was going to go. And it was sad when I went down there and I see the builders in there just knocking everything down. Mm. Um, one, one thing I managed to grab, which I've got, which I'm hoping to put back at the new club, is the old clock uh, oh, wow. that, that stood on the dressing rooms, which was there when we played Liverpool back in 59. So I've, wow. I've got that and I've got a few other little bits of memorabilia, what I managed to get to keep for the club. But unfortunately, a lot of it went in skips. And it's just, it's just sad. Really, is sad. Mm. Um, the worst thing about it all, I think, when you look back, the club were in debt one and a half million. I don't understand why they didn't try and raise that money, and pay off the debt and stay where we were. I don't think anybody will ever know why that was that didn't happen. Um, the board at the time had views of a new thirteen million pound stadium, I believe, and I've seen like models of it which looked outstanding but it just didn't happen in the end yeah. and you know luckily we we are still in existence yeah absolutely and, and obviously after all of that that is the important thing because obviously voluntary relegation followed due to the to the financial issues and um and, and i suppose at a time like that we've seen plenty of clubs particularly in the last five ten years who have had those financial yeah. problems at a higher level and have just folded which is you know a terrible shame so i think whilst you know Worcester City isn't where they need to be. I think we can be thankful that they are a club in existence yeah. whereby yeah, there is definitely. a future, there's a bright future and, you know, it might take some time to get back to where the club belongs, but they're in existence and, and people can watch their team play, which is yeah, the definitely. important thing. 
Um, you mentioned um, you mentioned St George's Lane there, um, Steve, um, the home of, of Worcester City for for over a hundred years. Um, unfortunately, I, I wasn't about to, to ever experience St George's Lane. My all of my uh, hardcore Worcester City fans and friends tell me about the tremendous atmosphere there and how almost it was a little bit edgy. Um, t- tell me a little bit about what that was like as, as a stadium and how intimidating was that for opposition uh, fans and opposition teams to to come to, to St George's Lane and play football? I, I mean, I just think it was a great stadium. Uh, we had a stand which was roughly the length of the pitch. Uh, on the opposite side, we had a big shed. That's where all the young lads sort of went. If the shed end, wasn't it? I think it was the title. Yeah, the yeah. shed on the side. And then there used to be a, another stand by the shed which got demolished years ago which mm. was known as the Brookside Stand. Yeah. Uh, we, had a, we had terrace in at both ends of the ground. Uh, the important things, we had a couple of burger bars in there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> With some chips? Yeah, no, it, With the chips, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it, it was just the place to be. I mean, as I said before, if you had 500 people in there, it sounded like you had 5,000 some matches. I mm. mean, some of the great games, I mean, when we beat Plymouth back in 78, 79 in the Cup, we had Malcolm Allison was the manager at the time of um, Plymouth. One of the players who you would know, Gary Megson, yeah. he was playing for Plymouth. Yeah. Um, right. And, you know, Malcolm turned up in his big hat and his big fur coat, what he used to wear, smoking a big cigar. And our <laughs> manager at the time, Nobby Clark, said, the only thing you're going to take back to Plymouth is a box of cigars. And he was right, because <laughs> at the end, Nobby, Nobby had bought him a box of cigars to take back to Plymouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, then you add the Newport game, the replay in the FA Cup. I think we had just over 10,000 for that. Wow. Um, but it, it was just a great place to be. And the season 77, 78, I think it was, I think we went through the whole season without losing a game to the very last game of the season. We lost That's to incredible. Barry Town 3 1 away, which. Uh, I think the main reason we lost that was we were like followed by the TV that match. And wow. Barry, they'd invited loads of school kids and they were all sat around the pitch. And our wow. players were scared to sort of make slide tackles going into the crowd in case right. they hurt anybody. Even <laughs> though that's yeah, even though that's an excuse, but generally that's what players were saying. They were worried about the, the yeah. safety of the kids. Of so course. yeah, we, we we lost that game. And the see in those days, the season was 38 games. Then mm. the following year, I think we finished fourth in the Southern League. And then the following year, we actually won that. And our last but one own game against Ketrin, which really, that, that, that's the game we won the league on. I believe there was just under 8,000 for that. Mm. Um, right. Great so, numbers. you know, the crowds are great. We used to have decent runs in the trophy. We got to the quarters three times. Uh, the one year we went out to Bishop Storford, uh, John Radford, was it who played for Arsenal? The forward years ago. I think he scored an hat-trick against us. And mm. the other one I remember well was Norfolk's Victoria away where we were winning 1-0, lost 2-1, uh, which I think was the year that we really should have gone on and won it. And evidently, each team that beat us in the trophy, in the quarters, each team won the, tro- the trophy. Well, so, uh... you know... Unfortunately, you know, if we just got past that one more match, we we won the trophy a few times. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was just a great place to be. And I would I would guess the average non-league fan, if if you had to pick a ground, 
which could be a favourite away crowd. A lot would say St George's. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Really well, good. Some lot of good history there as well. Um, mm. Yeah. Big big teams as well. You know, some Arsenal massive and, teams. Yeah, and they said like Plymouth and and whoever. Yeah. Um, and like you, you mentioned as well, that you, your dad was chairman before you. Um, so how did you become chairman of of Worcester City? And also, do you think? Can you see your son sometime in the future taking it on? <laughs> um, well, starting how I become chairman was, I mean, I followed the club for years. I used to do a lot of work for the club. I think I've done every job you can imagine at a football club, from selling draw tickets to being like a doorman to being behind a bar, doing everything. The only thing I don't think I've done is being kit man. I've actually helped my youngest <laughs> lad and my eldest lad because they've both been kit men but I haven't been kit man myself. Um, but yeah, I, um, I was asked by a few people to get involved, um, mostly because at the time, um, the club would most really have folded without blowing my own trumpet. But, you know, we had a trust that was doing everything we could do. It was all going left, right and centre, you know. Uh, nothing was going the way we wanted it. I was approached by a couple of fans who said I'd be a good chairman. And they asked me to get involved. I thought about it. I went on. I went on the board with three other directors, new directors, um, who were all big city fans again. And yeah, and we actually started to. I wouldn't say started to turn it around. We started to get more fans. We got fans coming back because at the end of the day, everybody who knows me knows I'm I'm Worcester City through and through. I'm I'm not on the board to make any financial gain. Mm. Um, I'm just on the board to keep Worcester City going more, more, more for my two boys. So they've got a football team to support. I mean, yeah. Reese, my eldest lad, is a big City fan. My youngest lad, like I said before, he runs a supporters team. He is a City fan, but he comes occasionally compared to my other lad. Yeah. Um, regarding them becoming a chairman, or what, I, I really don't know. Reese most probably would like to get more involved with the football club in, in, in the future. I mean, he's only 30 at the moment, so he's he's a bit young and he's got uh, he gets married next year. So he's mostly got other plans at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think in, in due time, you know, give it time, there's a good chance that, that he might follow in my footsteps, which would be great. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's a long way off at the moment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Without putting any pressure, and obviously, yeah. you know, you, you've got a, a long, a long time to to go as chairman as well. So obviously, not yeah. trying. To... I think it's important to state we're very happy with Steve as current chairman. Of <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not saying, forcing oh, you on, out by any stretch. Move, of move, move yeah. him on. Move <laughs> him on. No. <laughs> so um, yeah, you, you mentioned a few of the the jobs you, you uh, took as chairman. Um, what goes into being a, a a chairman of a club, um, you know, is it a full-time job? What are your duties day-to-day? Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about, about being a chairman? Yeah. Um, when I first became chairman, I actually gave up my job for two years. And I actually spent two years basically living off savings to mm. actually run mm. actually run the club itself. Um, it's emails. I mostly get 20, 30, 40 a day. Wow. At the moment, before it was a lot more than that, it'd be going to meetings. There was lots of meetings, especially when we were looking for a ground. Just basically organising. 
um, I wouldn't say it's a full-time job, but it could take up three or four hours a day quite easily mm. doing mm. odds and ends. It isn't as bad now. Uh, I'm, I'm still busy. I'm still doing lots of emails, etc. And it's busy on match days, but I, I really wouldn't say I'm doing as much as what I used to. Mm. And what, why, why do you think that is? Is there any change or? Yeah, basically, when when I first went on the board, we actually didn't have a ground, so it was meetings to try and get a ground. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. try and get everything in place. Now that we've got a ground, mm. I, I'm um, not doing the meetings I used to do previously. And oh, good. When like there is a meeting, it's it's normally at Clane's Lane itself rather than travelling because we used mm. to have to go all over the place to have different meetings with different companies, etc. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's good. You feel a bit more settled now. Obviously, the claims. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, the the main thing we we've actually got a team of people that do a lot on a match day, mm. and if it like wasn't for them, we would really be struggling. We actually could still do with helpers, but we yeah. have got a real good core of people. They're all fans. They all do it voluntary. Who will come on a match day and do no end of work which mm. is really appreciated by everybody. I think lots yeah. of people don't see these people. People yeah. who come and support the team don't understand what some people actually give up to be involved with a football club. So, mm. yeah. Mm. It's very community-based, yeah. and that's that's what I like about it. I think, you know, it's one thing going to, to watch your team play, but I think it's another thing being able to get involved in in what is essentially a working yeah. capacity um, but without without a salary to go alongside it, so I think that the community aspect of it really sort of strikes home, doesn't it? Oh, definitely, definitely. And um, I mean, the point is, we are a fan-owned club now, mm. so basically, you can join the trust. You can tell your mates you own a football club because you do, and <laughs> it's, it it is so easy to get involved. And I mean, yeah. everybody could come along and get involved if if they want to. Mm. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Brilliant! Yeah, definitely. Um, so is there anything that surprised you about being a, a chairman, um, you know, for anything, you know, about the responsibilities or the commitment? Was there anything that you thought, well, you know, I didn't think this went into it? Yeah, and initially I just thought, you know, because um, I've been a chairman of uh, Sunday teams in the past and I, I based it on that, but maybe a touch more. But being chairman of Worcester, there's no end of responsibility because I'm chairman of the the main football club. That includes the ladies. I'm chairman of the ladies. I'm, mm. I technically run the youth setup, even though we have got a chairman for the youth setup, but they do answer to the board. So, yeah, yeah. They, they, there are lots of responsibilities. Luckily, I've, I've got a good team of people around me that do take certain jobs off me because mm. if, like, I was if like I had to do everything, there's just no way I'd be able to do it. So it's, it's, there is a lot of responsibility, but I'm just pleased that I've got people around me that do do a lot of jobs as well. It's, it's not just me. Um, the most pleasing thing is it's just nice seeing, you know, things actually, and um, I'll, I'll say the nice thing is seeing the end products. When we set off to do a certain thing and, you sort of get to the end of it. Prime example is the uh, brick wall we done. Uh, we raised about £9,000 for the football club doing this brick wall. Yeah. And it took time to get it up, but it's now up. And it's just nice to think that that's something that in years to come, I'll be able to tell people that that was something that I was involved with. 
So, mm. you know, there's, there's like lots of things like that. But, yeah, it is tough, but it is an enjoyable tough. Yeah. I just want to just explain a, a bit what the, the brick wall is at, at the stage. Yeah, the, yeah, the, um, yeah, the brick wall was something we brought out. Um, it's actually a board and it's got pictures of bricks on and fans have been able to put their names on. And it's people that are with us now, people that have passed. Um, everybody that buys a brick, you pay £20 and it's, it's there for life technically. Mm. Uh, we have got three walls up and each wall's got 156 bricks on it. Um, right. We are going to start a fourth wall, but the idea is eventually to get maybe 20 walls even. Um, mm. Well, say 20 walls, it'd be 20 banners all against each other. Um, and I say it's, it's something which people can put the name on just as a keepsake. Uh, lots of the fans come and take photos of it and they send it to loved ones whose names yeah. are on it. It's just something for £20 nowadays. If you went out and bought four pints, you spend £20, depends on yeah, what you drink. Yeah. And to me, spending £20 on a brick is a, a good investment. Yeah. And it's mm. something there that somebody could do it in 20 years, say they pass away. Somebody will come to a game in 20 years and the brick's there and I think, oh, that's so-and-so, I used to know him. So mm -hmm. it's, it's just a nice thought. So, yeah. It is, yeah. One extension I wanted to add on to, to the question about your responsibility, Steve, one of the, um, <clears throat> let's say, more attractive um, features of, of, certainly from a fan's perspective, is, is player recruitment. How much of a say do you, obviously, you know, th there's a manager, there's a head coach, whatever you want to title them as, who will identify individuals, but what is your role perhaps within the, the player recruitment side of things? Well, basically, we've got Tim Harris, who's our manager, I must say is an, an excellent manager. He's been mm. around. He knows what he's doing. The board normally, I mean, we always set a budget. Tim knows what the budget is. Um, and it's really up to Tim to go and find players. He has got people that look at players. Um, if he finds a player he thinks is suitable for the club, we normally get an email to say, Worcester's going to sign X, Y, and Z. And we just let him get on with it because yeah. that's his job technically. Yeah, um, of course. He understands where we are being a community club. So sometimes you have to be careful that who you do sign. Mm. But, you know, on the on the whole, Tim's got full control of who he wants to bring into the football club and who yeah. he wants to get out of the football club, which yeah. I think that's the way it should be. Uh, Absolutely. I don't think chairman, yeah, I don't think chairman should be telling the manager who to sign, who not to sign. Mm. You know, if at the end of the day somebody's appointed to do a job, that's their job. Yeah. What I will say is when, when the team was in transition after um, Ash's departure at, at the back end of last season, um, I, I had a, a very brief conversation with you and, and some of my friends and, as we always do, try and get a little bit of information from me about who, who could be next yeah. for, for the role and, obviously, you had to remain tight-lipped at the time, but you said, you know, the, the person that I've got my on, you know, I, I believe in him, I think he's the right man. And... Um, you know, I think, you, you know, obviously Ash did a great job over the time that he was at Worcester, but, you know, obviously that, that came to an end for a reason. And I think when Tim, obviously coming at the start of this season, and he can all, there's a different feel about the place a little bit. I'm, you know, he's got a, an excellent CV. Um, he really has. And, um, you know, I think, you know, there's something in my mind which makes me think he might be the person to help get City back where they need to be uh, or certainly yeah. start that journey for sure. Yeah, I understand. I mean, Ashley done the best he could at the time. It was under difficult circumstances. 
Mm. Um, and to me, Ashley, Marlon and Gaz are all involved, all, all done a good job, even though we were struggling at the time. Yeah. When when Ashley and Marlon left and <laughs> Gaz, of course, Craig stepped in, Craig Jones. Yeah, was Craig was fantastic. And, and Craig really, really kept the squad together. You mm. know, there's I really don't know what Craig said in the dressing room, but <laughs> he sort of pulled the players together. And um we we actually had, I had a meeting with Craig and a few of the more experienced players, and uh, the feedback from all of them was they were all wanted to do well for Worcester City, yeah. which is really pleasing to hear because being a chairman, being a fan, that's what you want to hear. Um, mm. Of course, Craig knew it was short term at the time, but then there was always a chance we might have gone with Craig. Yeah, um, we we advertised a job. We had a lot of interest. 40, 50 names in the hat, wow. a lot of experience. Um, but to be fair, as soon as Tim's name went in the hat, and I, I've known Tim for 30 years, in pre, you know, when he was manager of the teams, we always had to chat when we see each other. Mm. I just knew he was the one. Even though we had, we had interviews and everybody had the same chance of getting the job, um, the thing that interested me most about Tim was he he interviewed me more than I interviewed him. If you understand uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. Very inquisitive. Yeah. And that was really pleasing because I know a, a manager comes in to do a job. Um, but he was asking us where we were in the club, what, what we wanted out of the club. Mm. And he was the only one who done that. And I mean, we had some good names in there. Um, and uh, yeah, the interview, interview progress went really well. Tim was appointed. But, yeah, the main thing, like I said before, the manager's there to do a job and we just yes. stay out of the way. The, the only time we would get involved <clears throat> is if there was an issue and we would speak to Tim. But to be mm. fair, the way Tim is so professional at what he does, it's very rare that that would happen. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, the, the final thing on Tim is, you know, I, I think you, when you even, you can, you know, when you watch him on the touchline, you can see there's, there's, there is this calmness about him and he's got a philosophy in terms of a playing style that he evidently wants to stick to. And, um, you know, and, and I, th I do think it is working and like I said, I think it is a, a fantastic appointment. So, you know, obviously hats off to you and, and the rest of the board members for, for pulling that off because I think it's, it's a great uh, astute signing almost for the football club. Yeah, um, no, definitely, definitely. Going through to uh, our next question, uh, Steve, is, is with regards to a match day. Um, so can you talk us through your, your match day experience from, from start to end and what, what you do on a match day? We, we, and funnily enough, me uh, and Rob actually went the other day just as a bit of an add-on and we, we noticed you was on the old the old microphone <laughs> and you was a bit, bit like yeah. getting to the, of the old goal scorers every now and again, I think. He was, I think yeah. he was enjoying some cake, wasn't you? <laughs> no, I was only... I was yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's quite funny Half time, I mean, I had a lot of laughs. It's bad. Really looking back, I apologise. But when oh, the time score come up, I said, and half time, City two and our opponents nil. <laughs> <laughs> I actually said that, Rav, because I actually wasn't sure if it was Stone Old Elaine. I, I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah, I'm the same. Name. Yeah. So I yeah. just put opponents. But yeah, no, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do a lot of things on a match day. Normally, I'd arrive any time between 11 and 11.30. Yeah. Uh, my my actual wife does the players' food, so that's Ooh, normally in the wow. back of the car. Uh, we have to unload all that. Then we go in, we set up the kitchen. Then I normally help set 
up the bar. Then I'm upstairs talking to Andy Jones, our secretary, uh, regarding if there's any issues. Then I have a chat with other directors that's there to see what jobs we need to do. Um, but but, it's, but it, it's mainly running around, you know, yeah. making sure <clears throat> stewards are where they're supposed to be. Mm. Even Seeing where there's got, a need. Yeah, yeah, just, just to be there. If somebody needs something doing, I'll do it. Um, mm. And then normally... As um, Tim has said, the, the manager said he, he wants me out there talking to people. He doesn't want me stood behind a counter serving pies uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. So, so what I've done lately is I've actually been around to chat to people. But yeah, and good. then I say the game will go on. It's normally chatting, trying to watch the game between trees. Uh, <laughs> and then, Those trees are so frustrating. So the trees are horrendous. Yeah, the trees <laughs> are horrendous. Um, I believe they're going to be trimmed in December. That's what okay. I've been told. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, when December comes, we'll be able to see a bit more. But yeah, um, I normally then go in the bar area again, chat to people. Mm. Um, I watch, I watch a bit of the match. To be honest with you, since I've been chairman, I don't really enjoy watching football anymore, like I used to, because it's more. If, if let's say we're winning three or four nil, it's great. But if we're winning one nil, I think, oh God, you know, if we concede, if we're mm. losing. So normally I just walk around. I mean, yesterday I watched the last 15 minutes, sat in the bar watching it on the telly because we we actually live stream it now. Richie would assume. Yeah, who, I saw that in the bar. Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, he puts it in the bar. So if, if it's raining, let's say, you can watch it in the bar. Mm. But yeah, normally it's all that. Then at the end of the game, have a chat with people leaving, chat with the players coming in, chat with the manager, chat with the visiting players, managers, etc. Um, couple of drinks again, um, help help with the food for the players. And then when everybody's gone, it's normally packing everything away, taking the bar back upstairs, because uh, we have to store all our bar stuff upstairs in our store area, which is changing yeah. shortly, which will be good for us. Uh, a big call out to Jack and Paul Lindley who do a lot of work at the club. And then it's normally go home. So it's normally arrive about 11 and leave there about quarter to seven at night. Well, so it's it, quite a long it day. It is a long day. Yeah. yeah. Away games are completely different. I mm. sometimes drive a minibus so we get fans there. If I do oh. that, it's normally a couple of Cokes and watch the game. If <laughs> I go with my friends on the train... Well, I better not mention how many I have, but I do have a few. Because <laughs> those days, are I mean, even on the chairman, when I go to those days, I'm more like a fan like I used to be, and I, yes. I enjoy those days. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah, it is really busy, but uh, look, like uh, it isn't just me. There's a lot of people who put the hours into the football club. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that that is my normal match day experience. Fantastic. Oh. Sounds enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I know last season Worcester uh, finally returned to the city after seven years uh, playing elsewhere. Um, talk to us about how hard that was and how you eventually um, struck the deal to come back to Clains Lane. Well, yeah, I mean, um, initially I was just a fan. Um, I used to do jobs at Kidderminster. Uh, I used to wear a suit to match days. <laughs> Uh, I'd done the same at Bromsgrove until I eventually took over the chairmanship at Bromsgrove. Um, we actually worked really well with Kiddy and Bromsgrove. You know, both teams done what they could for us at the time. 
unfortunately, the finances were going down. So that's why we left Kidderminster because the fees were going to be too much. Um, yeah, the first jaws at Bromsgrove, it was good. You know, we was getting some good crowds, especially after taking over the club. You know, we started getting a lot of the old fans were coming back. Unfortunately, we were always, you know, with like the squad we had, we, we really should have been chasing winning the leagues, but we're normally between anything from eight, eight to 12, which wasn't really good enough for the team we had. Mm. Uh, so it was difficult in that. We had a lot of moans, people having to travel to Bromsgrove or Kidderminster, uh, which initially when we went to Kiddy, I think we were getting about 800 a week. Of course, that that would have dropped off by a few hundred. And then when we went to Bromsgrove, they even dropped lower. So, yeah, it, it was difficult. And I think everybody involved with the club knew we had to get back to Worcester as soon as we could. And um, I made one stupid statement when I become chairman that within two years, I said we'd be fan-owned, we'd sort the finances out and we were back at Worcester, which really was a stupid statement to make because at <laughs> the time we had no chance of getting back to Worcester. Um, the first major job was finance. So, you know, we had to type up, title our bouts a bit. So we set budgets. And what's good with this board is what we set is what we keep. And Tim is very good with, with working with budgets. So that, that's a bonus. And I will say Ashley and Snapper before, they were both the same. They kept well within the budgets. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but even though we were saving money, we were still losing money because we are paying money out. The only finance we were getting in really was gate receipts. Yeah. And we had a gold bond competition. Unfortunately, that was dropping off as well because we've been outside Worcester for so long. So, yes. yeah, it was getting tight. So regarding finances, we are still losing a bit, but nothing like we were losing. Going fan-owned, that, that was massive. That was something that was going to keep the club alive. Um, we had meetings, meeting after meeting, and eventually we we managed to get like the fans to agree to go fan owned, and that was a the issue we had there was it was all on shares, and we had to get a certain percentage of shares to go fan owned, and we eventually got the back in what we needed, so that was massive. And then the final thing about playing back in Worcester, which technically was wasn't even on the cards at the time. We were looking, trying to get paid as well. Um, and then we had an offer from the WFA through the council saying that, you know, would you be interested in going to the WFA headquarters with Worcester Raiders at the time? Mm. Uh, Worcester Raiders eventually pulled out. They've ended up at the Warriors. And we're the only team at the WFA with our ladies team and our reserves play on the all-weather there. And that happened, I believe, about a week before the two years was up. So everything I've said I would try and do, not just myself, but the other board members, we actually did apart from the finance. But I think people will understand that when you're not playing in your own city, the mm. finance is really difficult to yes. break even. Uh, now being back at Plains, it's still difficult, but at least we've got a bar. So we make money from the bar. Mm. We've got food. We make money from the food. So everything we do, we now make something. Yes. So you know, we you know we sort of need an average gate of about four hundred. That will see us break even roughly. And yesterday mm. we had five hundred and fifty-one. So yeah, great yeah, back in yesterday. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's things are going the right way. We and I, I did state that when we got back to Claims, um, well, when we got back to Worcester, 
this is when the hard work will start. And, mm. you know, this is when you need the supporters to get fully behind you. And I just hope, even though, like, yesterday we lost the game, I think most people left. They were upset that we lost, but nobody was really moaning because they could see the efforts put in. Yes. Like, on the game itself, the first half, we could have been free up. Um, mm. but, that, but, that, but that's typical football. I'd, I'd rather make chances and lose a game than not make a chance and lose a game. Yeah, and yeah. every game I've seen, certain games, Wolverhampton away, the score could have been double figures. And um, most games I've seen, we could have had five or six goals. So, you know, mm. somebody's going to take a walloping. And once everybody's available and we're on full speed, I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll start beating teams. But, you know, it's all football. And that's why we love football. I mean, I'd love to win 5 nil every week. But at the end of the day, we all follow football because we do win, we do lose. You know, yeah. you just have to go with it. You know, of course. And just just enjoy, basically. Mm. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, so coming back to more recent times with with Worcester, um, how did the club cope uh, with the the pandemic? Um, just just sort of gone. Um, what were the difficulties Worcester City faced during the time away from playing football? Um, the only bonus, I shouldn't say bonus because that's not the word, but because at the time we didn't own the ground and we hadn't paid any rents, we didn't have any outlay. So okay. where other clubs were having to pay money out, we were at yeah. that position where we, we, we didn't have that. Mm. Uh, we had a few contracted players which were put on furlough, like everybody else went on furlough. So mm. we just lost a bit. I think the main losses for us was our gold bond competition. Um, just to let people know, it's a pound a week competition where you can win money through the club. Um, unfortunately, we we didn't really forward plan it the way we could have planned it, where somebody could have gone out and say, got 20 weeks money in advance, then you wouldn't have to knock on a door. Hmm. We, we haven't... Uh, at the time, we didn't have many agents, so these people weren't going out collecting money. So whereas we'd have X, Y, and Z coming in, all of a sudden we lost the Y and Z bit, and we were yeah. just having drips and drabs. Uh, that's why we tried to change everything on that by direct debit, which would be brilliant for the club. But the problem is a lot of people don't like direct debit. They like face-to-face. -face. Yeah. So that was that was mostly our biggest loss during the pandemic. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, people missing the football when, like, it was limited numbers. Um, every match sold out straight away. We were having our mm. 300s. Um, and I, I just felt sorry for people that wanted to come that couldn't come. Um, it was difficult. The, the football club adhered to everything we had to. Uh, again, very difficult to get people not to jump on top of each other when we score a goal, because that's yeah. what football fans do. Uh, but yeah, everything we tried to do, we did, and it was all done professionally. That's one good thing about Worcester. Everything we do, we or we do by the book because we've got people involved with the club. That's their jobs, uh, yeah. and they all do good jobs in like that respect. But yeah, I think all in all, it was it was awful for everybody, but I don't think it was as bad for us as what other clubs might have gone through. Mm. Yeah, that's good, good, and you know sort of credit to your organization as well of of the club and you know you you might see some clubs that 
aren't organised as well, maybe didn't fare as as well as Worcester City. So, yeah, yeah. credit credit to you and and the rest of the staff there as well. Um, so staying on this, did you receive any like support from the government or the FA during that time? No, nothing at all. Nothing at know. all. Um, okay. The only thing we had was yeah, was like the payments from furlough, yeah. which mm. I paid towards our. We only had a, we've only got a few contracted players. We have got more contracted players now, but at that time we only had about three three contracted players on the books. But no, nothing really. To be fair, nothing. Oh, we saw might have got odds and ends, but but nothing yeah. that would have made much of a difference. I mean, of course we. Um, the jowls and stuff, the face mask, whatever, those sort of things. Some of that would have been subsidised, but apart from that, nothing. But again, we've we had a few supporters that actually paid for stuff out their own pockets to give to the club. Right. So yeah. yeah. Very generous. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, again, definitely. like you said, um community as well. And and when it gets hard, oh, definitely. people pull together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. One thing um, I'll just uh, quickly um, ask you, Steve, is obviously you've mentioned there um, contracted players and obviously non-contracted players. Um, obviously, at this level, explain the difference. Obviously, you've got some players who are tied down to a certain length of deal, I assume, what you would probably um, you know, see in, in more uh, higher-level football, maybe. What, what is the rest of the situation for the players? Are they just... Uh, how, how does it work for them? Well, basically, anybody signs a contract is contracted to the club. Yep. So if somebody comes in for them, they have to do the normal approaches. But yep. technically, if they leave the club, that club would have to pay for them or mm. maybe player exchange. If it's yes. a non-contracted player, again, it's the same thing, seven days, but they would go and speak to whoever wants to speak to them. And if they get offered a better deal or if there's something that attracts them to that club, they could Then they're free to on. go. Yeah. yeah, they're free to go. Um, again, the, the way Tim works things, which is outstanding, um, he can see potential in players. So he looks at what we've got. And so, some of the players he, he signed are real top quality players. But mm. they sort of might not be at their peak at the moment. Mm. But in a couple of years down the line, they could be attracting decent clubs. And the yeah. problem in football, to me, is over the years you don't always get the the players that commit to the club. I believe the players we've got now and of certain players that have left love playing for Worcester City Football Club and it's mm. really difficult for them to want to leave the club. Sometimes players are forced out of a club because they're not getting games, whatnot. Yeah. But what I seem to find with the squad we've got now and even players when I was chairman, you know, um, this is before Tim, we had players that wanted to play for the football club that's so refreshing. Yeah. It's just nice yeah. to see. And they're all decent lads. That's something mm. else about the squad. They're all nice lads. Well, I think Tim's got a really in, good... I was going to say, Tim's got a really fine balance this season. Of Obviously, he's introduced a few of the younger lads who've come from, from the youth team in the likes of Archie. And um, is it a, a Shook as well, I think, has come through, um, come through, the, Shooker, yeah. has come through this the season as well. Um, but also, you know, some really wise recruitment with the likes of, you know, obviously Bailey Fuller and Dimitri have, have come in in recent weeks. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen Adam come in goal as well, who's, who's been really, really good since he stepped in. Um, so it's just clever recruitment, isn't it? And, you know, that's that's oh, part of yeah, what Tim's good at. Yeah, he is very at. good. And I think Tim knows, knows the whole setup of football. 
Yeah, mm. you know, and he he's also got a lot of contacts in football. So I'm sure there's lots of people around the country who who if if they spotted a player, they give Tim a phone call. Which yeah. is great. Again, it's just great to have that on board for at a football club. Sure. Um, what um this, what this, sorry, I say, what this remote um what they reminded me of, how you were saying about with the um with the manager obviously and you know working to the budget and not particularly getting the players maybe that's banging form right now but seeing potential down the line um have you ever seen the film uh, moneyball at all i haven't no no oh i'd, I'd recommend that anytime and, and to anyone listening because it's although it's not about uh football it's it's uh baseball but it's uh it's a true story how um how a sort of a smaller baseball team in america um lost their best players and had to replace them all on a budget and it was done through um looking at statistics on spreadsheets and looking at I've seen it of, I've seen the film that's it I yes I've seen the film that's yeah, it yeah and it's a chap was yeah. there with glasses who was the that's one who it. was saying yeah I he was, remember he was like the little it. the little the little nerdy guy and he had a he had a yes. room full of old sort of veteran scouts and they were like who is this kid and what is he doing and and I think uh, you know they, they they went on to to great success and everything but um it was but those those players did anyway um yeah, that, that just reminded me how you were saying maybe he doesn't pick the players that look good now, but he'll, you know, maybe the ones that people think, oh, he's, he's lost it, he hasn't got the legs anymore, and turns it around, you know, he gets the best out of them. Um, yeah, that just, that just reminded me of that, and I just thought it was quite, quite good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think the best thing about Tim, he, he can spot leaders. I mean, yeah. you always need good, experienced players in the squad to bring the younger lads on. You need yeah. them to stand up for the younger lads, even though they're they're strong enough to stand up for themselves. But I think Tim is very good at spotting people that can be leaders. And I mean, I sort of know this from his Gloucester days when they used to always beat Worcester and budgets, our budget was mostly three times his budget, wow. but they always seemed to beat us. And it was funny, one of my good friends used to always said, he said, why don't Worcester just give Gloucester six points every season and we'll save some money by not having to play them. And that's what he used to always say, because Gloucester used to always beat us. And he, he was right on that. Yeah. Well. Uh, last last two questions to, to finish, if I can, Steve. So, um, yeah. first of all, we've had a, a quick conversation about this season, but um, you, you must be pleased with, uh, you know, how the how the season has started, you know. Obviously, I think we're, we're probably about seven or eighth now after yesterday's defeat, but I think looking at the bigger picture, there's a, there's a playing style that seems to um, have been brought into by, by the current playing staff. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, there seems to be a fresh air about the club that, that people are optimistic about what this season could hold. Um, so, you know, what are your thoughts on this season? And what, what's the what's the aim this season? Well, I mean, basically, I mean, the main thing is still to have a football club, which we've got, which was the thing at the start of the season and seasons before. Um, I always go to look at winning the league because I think if, if a chairman says, I'll be happy to finish in the top four, that's not what fans want to hear. So mm, I always yeah. like to say... I want to win the league. Realistic, Tim knows that he's got a hard job in front of him. There are teams in our league that have got massive budgets compared to what our budget is. Um, I think the main difference between our team and other teams, without really knowing other teams, is I know our players have got a heart. I know they want to do well for Worcester City Football Club. 
I can't say that's the same with every team in our league. You know, other players mm. might have other views, but I've got a feeling that our team will be around together for a while. I think as long as Tim's given the time he needs, which being a chairman, I've got no issue with that. Um, we're playing good, entertaining football. Uh, we aren't kick, we aren't kicking the ball and running after it. We're making lots of chances. Mm. Even though we like might lose the odd game, people are still saying that we should have won that. We should have won, you know, and that's what you want to hear. Yeah. Um, but I, I generally think that, yeah, given time, we will start moving up the leagues. Um, mm. It isn't going to happen overnight. And I think anybody who thinks somebody's going to come in and just win league, win league, win league is living in cuckoo land. <laughs> the, uh, the last time we had a promotion was when my dad was alive. And that's 42 years ago. So, mm -hmm. you know, you know, we, we, we've actually waited a long time. Um, mm. But I just hope if Tim can get a run going, this league, everybody's beating each other. Nobody's running away yeah. with it yet. It's true. So, you know, you know just as long as by Christmas time, we're still there. And I know Tim's views of football. I really think we'll have a good chance. But I'm just happy that we've still got a football team. And I think a lot of the Worcester people are still happy we've got a football team. So, yeah, mm. fingers crossed we'll be up there at the end of the season. I'm sure we will be. But um, people's just got to give us time and let Tim do his magic. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. All right, to uh, wrap it up here, uh, Steve, do you have any funny stories from, from your time as a chairman, Worcester City, anywhere? Well, I've got a few little ones. The one was going back late 70s. We signed Jimmy Coombs. He used to play in goal for the Villa, as I'm sure you know. Mm -hmm. And he was involved with Worcestershire cricket. Mm -hmm. um, when they used to go away games, he used to always buy the Sunday Times or the Times paper, the real massive newspaper. And he used to sit at the back of the players' coach reading it. And Jimmy Williams, who I actually see the other day when we played a game, he used to be one of our strikers who we sold, I believe, to Walsall. He was sat in front of him and he used to light matches and set his paper alight. <laughs> As he's reading, it would go up in smoke. I mean, that was one. There was one story at Dorchester. I was invited by the current chairman, Gerald Turner, to go along on the players' coach. And um, on the way down, Gerald decided to stop the coach and they could have some food. So he gets up on the coach and he stopped at some services. And he said, right, lads, you can get off and get food, but all you can have is baked beans, nothing else, nothing heavy, because we, <laughs> we, yeah, because we got a game. <laughs> so I got off the coach, and I was very good friends with Paul Moore, who's a real good friend of mine, who was our goalie. And I've gone in the services, and I've like lost the players. I don't know where they've gone. So I've gone in the toilet, and there's three of them in there eating McDonald's. <laughs> they was all in the toilets <laughs> eating burgers. Which I hilarious. Um, and the, well, mostly one of the funniest was when we played Coventry in the FA Cup, I was going down with my wife and I just bumped into Lord Faulkner and we were walking towards the stadium and the phone went and it was Richard Widdison who was on the players coach. At the time, I think he was on the board. He does our Worcester City TV. And he says, Steve, where, where are you, mate? I said, I'm just getting to the ground. He says, oh, he says, do you want to go in the boardroom, you and Sue? He said, are you dressed up? I said, yeah, I've got a suit on. He said, well, do you want to go in the boardroom? I said, yeah, I'll go in there. I said, why is that? He said, well, Martin Pinch is our club sponsor. He's decided to have a box with all his family. So you can have his, his seat. But when you go in, you must say your name's Martin Pinch is your club sponsor. Okay. 
So I goes in, knocks on the door, and this lady answered. I go, oh, hello, her name's Martin Pinch, she's club sponsor. Oh, come on in, Mr Pinches. So as I went in, Anthony Umpson, the chairman, was stood there and said, oh, what are you doing in here, Steve? And so he calls <laughs> me by my name instead of Martin. So in any case, we were in there, and their chairman at the time, the one who caused all the problems at, at Coventry, mm. I got chatting to him. And like I say to most people at matches, you know, all goes well, may like the best team win. And he turned around to me and he said, well, if we lose, I won't be here at the end of the game. So my reply was, well, in that case, I'll say goodbye to you now. And the history <laughs> is we went on and won the game 2-1. Yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of stories I could tell you, but a lot of them I mostly get kicked off being chairman of the football club. <laughs> um, uh, the, the one other funny one was was my real good mate, Tony Palfrey. He got banned from standing up to a steward who was being abused by Worcester fans, and he got banned from the club. And um, the club wrote him a letter to ban him. He had a two-year ban. Well, I was made, when I was made chairman of the club, my first job as chairman was to lift his ban, <laughs> believe it or not, because I, I actually lifted his ban. But I'm going to finish on this song, what the players you wrote for. Yes, please and, do. Please yeah, um, okay. I, I was at a presentation night, knew nothing about this. And again, Rich, I keep mentioning, he does so much for the football club. He, he was playing highlights, and then this song come on, all the players singing it. And it goes... Will it be chips or jacket spuds? Will it be salad or frozen peas? Will it be mushrooms, fried onion rings? We'll have to wait and see. I hope it's chips, it's chips. We hope it's chips, it's chips. And that's the song. <laughs> and basically, everyone, all the players used to sing it. I used to go on players' coaches away when I was just alping. And mm. normally, that those songs would be sung. And, you know, it's just how it is, like, just how it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the good thing about being involved. I know I might be chairman, but to most people, I'm just a City fan through and through. And I think mm -hmm. it's nice to have a chairman of a football club that's just there for the right reasons. Absolutely. Yes. And, and especially in the modern ages, you know, and again, referring to the big teams, they have these owners who, who are there for the money, if we're being absolutely honest. Um, so, yeah. you know, when you come down the pyramid and you talk to someone like yourself who is so heavily invested and, and in love with your football club, um, it's just so refreshing to hear. Yeah, that's it. I mean, mm. I, I've met many people that have invested a lot of money in football clubs and their football clubs have gone well until they get fed up and they pull out, and that's the end of the football club. Mm. And it's it's a shame, but that's happened to lots of football clubs that I've, I've, I've known people to be associated with. But then yeah. saying that, there's lots of real good people in football that have got their football clubs at heart, and it's just great to see. And it's funny playing at this level, because I've always been used to playing higher levels of football. There's lots mm. of real genuine people down at this level of football. Yes. And I think it proves they are proper fans because um, a lot of people wouldn't even entertain some of the teams you go to. But they've mm. all got the people that turn up and they do the job. So, you know, best of luck to everybody that does that. And I hope they all, they all prosper in the long run. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Uh, well, Steve, that, that's the end of the interview. Um, that, that was so enjoyable for, for myself yes. and, and Rob, and yeah. hopefully it was for the listeners too. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah um, enjoyable. That was, Thoroughly enjoyable. So thank you so much for coming on and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Brilliant. Lovely cheers, seeing Steve. you both. Take care. Yeah, Take care. Cheers, thank See you. you later. Bye bye. Bye bye.
thanks guys for listening to this episode of the high press podcast we hope you enjoyed it uh, we really appreciate a rating on itunes just so that people can find us more easily yeah and make sure you follow us on twitter and on instagram our handle is at the high press pod this is where we announce all of our guests run competitions and keep you informed with everything happening on the high press podcast